Hi, Dave Emery here. This is for the record program number 1314. Engine Country, the Mohawk Mother's Trail of Tears, Part 1. This is being recorded on October 9th of the year 2023. Uh, before I get into the, the usual pull-ins, uh, talking about uh, the podcast and the new flash drive, a, a word of explanation about the uh, title of the program. I was going to do a show about uh, updating COVID, etc. I'm going to defer that for a week or two. Uh, today, October 9th, is Indigenous Peoples Day, or what uh, used to be called Columbus Day. And uh, in recognition of same, I'm going to be covering a story that is really has had almost no coverage in the U.S., and that also uh, has implications for the U.S. There was a uh, an offshoot of the intelligence community's behavior modification program, some of which went on at the Allen Memorial Institute at McGill University, and there were also related programs taking place at Danamora and Abaca prisons in New York State. One of the central figures involved in implementing this was Nelson Rockefeller of the famous and powerful Rockefeller family. He was governor of New York State for a number of years and uh, uh, initiated the Abaca Prison Massacre. And uh, at the end of the, the series, I think there'll be two of these shows, going to talk about Nelson Rockefeller's own experiences with uh, indigenous people or Native Americans. Very, very interesting indeed. His policies as a uh, politician and uh, an industrialist have uh, been very devastating to indigenous uh, Americans in uh, Latin America, the Amazon Basin in particular. Uh, as a kid, I grew up with the usual processing of things having to do with the, quote, Indians, unquote, uh, as Native Americans were widely called. And I grew up with the usual uh, Westerns where they talked about, you know, this is Indian country, etc., etc. Uh, that is a, in the context of this program a grim pun because one of the things that has been taking place in Canada, a group of uh, elderly indigenous women, Native American, actually uh, Native Canadian women, uh, called the Mohawk Mothers, have been attempting to uh, ascertain the truth about some apparent, uh, not only ex brutal experiments on indigenous children in Canadian institutions, but apparently some of them were killed and uh, surreptitiously buried as a result of those experiments. And uh, the attempts by the Mohawk mothers to penetrate to the truth have been obfuscated by a number of things, including harassment by security guards and uh, bureaucratic belays and some of the soil that has been dug up and that cadaver dogs indicated contained human remains have not been uh, expeditiously processed. And as they've been exposed to the rain and other elements, uh, the possibilities of 
pinning down an investigation and uh, identifying those human remains uh, are becoming increasingly scarce. And so in the context of this program, the term Indian country has a grim meaning because it refers to the soil that uh, very possibly contains the remains of uh, indigenous American children who were the victim of MKUltra type mind control and behavior modification experiments. And it looks like that soil is not being properly uh, investigated by the investigative authorities. And so uh, that particular, quote, Indian country, unquote, uh, is very likely to remain an unknown. It's also interesting to me as uh, this holiday used to be called Columbus Day, but obviously that generated a lot of outrage. Uh, It's kind of interesting to me in this age that is, at least in our culture, dominated by identity politics, uh, the absolute monarch of Spain who dispatched Columbus and financed his voyages was Queen Isabella of Spain. She was an absolute monarch, and uh, she is or was a Latina, obviously. She was a, an absolute monarch of Spain. I guess one could say, uh, perhaps with a degree of irony, she was the AOC of her day, and... Uh, when one defines uh, political gravitas simply in terms of identity politics, uh, one opens oneself to some very uh, significant things. Uh, Queen Isabella, again, a Latina, just the kind of person the so-called progressive sector likes to uh, lionize. Her two main achievements were launching the Spanish Inquisition and uh, dispatching and financing Columbus on his voyages, which initiated the genocide against uh, the indigenous peoples of the New World. What a gal, that Queen Isabella. But of course she was a Latina, so by the contemporary uh, definitions of identity politics, she has to have been a good person. Obviously, I'm saying this somewhat tongue-in-cheek. But it it does, I think, illustrate the fundamental fallacy of defining a political figure in terms of identity. Uh, Very quickly, at the top of each for-the-record description and each Food for Thought post, there are two links, one of which will enable you to subscribe to the podcasts of For the Record and increasingly uh, in our uh, smartphone-dominated landscape, podcasts are the main or the easiest way for many people to consume the program. If you are among those, then uh, there is a link at the top of each For the Record description and each Food for Thought post, which will enable you to uh, subscribe to the podcast. Also, there is a link at the top, again, of each written For the Record description and each Food for Thought post that will enable you to obtain the 32-gigabyte flash drive with all of my life's work on it, both printed and recorded, through For the Record 1310. This includes all of the material I've done on the coronavirus, and I think that is constantly important. Uh, it is available for a tax-deductible contribution of a very modest sum, and I get no money whatsoever from this. Again, as I've said in the past, perhaps uh, that could be seen as proof positive of my worst critic's assertion that I am nuts 
uh, perhaps they're right. But in any event, uh, I could not be more pessimistic. <laughs> I, I, I said that in the last time I recorded the show, and since uh, that time, the Middle East has exploded again, so who knows? Uh, maybe World War III will start there. But I could not be more pessimistic, and uh, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows how long I'll be around or how long the website will be around? Please get the flash drive. That will enable you to become a repository for everything that I have done. And uh, increasingly, I think, preserving the legacy of what is happening is going to be fundamental if our civilization is to survive, and I am not optimistic about that. Uh, now, as to the subject material of this, and this will probably take uh, two shows, uh, that is the investigations that are underway in Canada, and they are being propelled by a group of Native American women or Native uh, uh, Canadian women called the Mohawk Mothers. And we're going to be uh, reading a number of articles, uh, summing up very briefly as they have attempted to get to the bottom of this investigation and find out what was done to some of their ancestors, and in particular some of their ancestors who were children and subjected to all sorts of uh, cruelties and behavior modification programs, and some of them apparently killed. Uh, they have met a number of different uh, elements of resistance. They've been harassed by security people. Uh, there have been claims by the CIA, which uh, may very well overlap some of these programs, that they are immune to uh, lawsuits in this regard. And uh, the authorities have not been pursuing this investigation very vigorously. And as I indicated at the top, some of the soil apparently containing uh, human remains has been left uh, to be exposed to the elements to a large extent. And that uh, is decreasing the chances of making any sort of substantive positive forensic investigation. So the Mohawk mothers are experiencing their own trail of tears uh, as this investigation proceeds. We're going to begin with the McGill Tribune story, or a McGill Tribune story of April 12th of 2023. This is by Ghazal Azizi, capital G-H-A-Z-A-L, last name capital A-Z-I-Z-I. McGill hit with class action lawsuit for alleged mind control and brainwashing experiments from 1943 to 1964. Charles Tanney, capital visited the Allen Memorial Institute, a research and psychiatric center operated by McGill's Royal Victoria Hospital in August of 1957. He was referred to the Allen after experiencing pain in his face, a condition his family doctor believed was psychosomatic, Charles suffered from trigeminal neuralgia, a neuropathic condition rather than a psychological one. Nearly seven decades later, Charles's daughter, Julie Tanny, is now the lead plaintiff in a class action lawsuit against McGill, the Royal Victoria Hospital, the Canadian government, and the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency, or CIA. Panny, along with hundreds of other plaintiffs, alleges that the, the Allen conducted psychological experimentation on unconsenting patients between 1943 and 1964. From 1957 
1964, the CIA funded 89 institutions that researched mind control and brainwashing techniques in a project known as MKUltra. Subproject 68, one of 144, took place at the Allen under the supervision of psychiatry professor Dr. Ewan Cameron, capital C-A-M-E-R-O-N. Tammy's lawsuit alleges that the experiment started in 1943 when McGill hired Cameron as the founding director of the Allen years before the CIA's involvement. Cameron, whose research focused on the causes of mental illness such as schizophrenia, believed that mentally ill patients could be, quote, depatterned, unquote, through prolonged comas, large doses of psychedelic drugs such as LSD, and extreme electroconvulsive therapy or ECT. After, quote, depatterning, unquote, which resulted in memory erasure, acute confusion, and or losing bladder and bowel control, Cameron believed patients could be retaught, but retaught healthy behavior through, quote, psychic driving, unquote, a process during which patients were sedated and subjected to tape recordings of a single sentence on repeat. Tammy, who obtained her father's medical records in 1977, says her dad was put into an insulin coma and kept asleep for 23 out of 24 hours every day, while the background audio recording played endlessly. The content of the recording was not disclosed in his medical records. Quote, After the first months, he asked to see my mother, so they wrote in his file that he still had connections to his former life, so they put him back into treatment for another month, unquote, Tanny told the Tribune. After the second month, they said that it looked like this was f- as far as they could take him, unquote. Charles, Tanny's father, was also subject to extreme ECT shocks, allegedly administered two to three times a day at 40 to 40 times the normal voltage at the Allen. Tanny says that when Charles returned from the Allen after two and a half months of experiments, he had no recollection of his three children. Quote, my father was a very devoted father. Every weekend, he took us to Belmont Park where we went fishing. He built us a skating rink, very attached. And after the experiments, there was zero relationship. He was extremely detached, and that never changed, Tammy said, again quoting, There's one common thread with a lot of people who would be patterned. They came home quite physically violent and angry, and in my father's case, he went from a very loving and gentle man to someone who used to hit me regularly, unquote. Mama Jean Ponting, P-O-N-T-I-N-G, spent a month at the Allen in April of 1958. She was admitted because of a court order her parents received after running away from her house at 15 years old. Now 81, she, she remembers her time at the Allen vividly. Quote, When I got to the Allen, it was a scary-looking building, unquote, Ponting said in an interview with the Tribune. When I went in there, I noticed a strange chemical smell. Dr. Cameron assured my parents that he would take care of me. I remember going to sit in Dr. Cameron's office. He took me to a room where I had one pillow, a mattress, and a blanket. He told me to stay in the room. 
The nurse came in with a pole and a bag with something in it. She told me to lie down, and she put a needle in my arm. I felt funny. And so it began, unquote. Pumping, who has been on medication since the experiments to offside the side effects, suffers from flashbacks, and never spoke of her time at the Allen with anyone, not even her husband. She only recently uncovered that she was a victim of the experiments after her brother noticed an ad about the class action lawsuit in the Montreal Gazette. Since piecing together her memories of the Allen with her newfound knowledge of the experiments, Ponting has testified at the, uh, I'm gonna spell this capital K-A-N-I-E-N hyphen K-E-H-A accent colon K-A uh, capital K-A-H-N-I-S-P-E-N-S-E-R-A Mohawk Mothers, that's obviously the indigenous tongue, the Mohawk Mothers ongoing lawsuit against McGill. The mothers suspect the university's new Vic site, formerly the Royal Victoria Hospital, holds unmarked indigenous graves, what I have uh, grimly called Indian country. And it, one more time, the mothers suspect the university's new Vic site, formerly the Royal Victoria Hospital, holds unmarked indigenous graves. In an affidavit that was enclosed with a note from her doctor attesting that she is of sound mind and body, Ponting says she saw digging at night as a patient. Quote, I would sneak out of the Allen at night when I could. I actually saw people with shovels. I could see them because their lights were so bright. And I noticed that the shovels had red handles. I will never forget the red handles, Ponting said. While most of the plaintiffs are the relatives of victims, Ponting is one of the few living child survivors. While the class action was filed in 2019, it has yet to be certified, the process through which a lawsuit is approved by a court before proceeding to trial. In March of 2021, the U.S. Attorney General filed a motion to be dismissed as a defendant, claiming it had immunity from lawsuits in Canada at the time of the alleged experiments. The motion was heard and later won in 2022. The plaintiffs have since filed an appeal, which was heard at the Quebec Court of Appeals on March 30th of 2023. Jeff Orenstein, the plaintiff's lawyer, says the State Immunity Act, which determines how foreign states can be sued in Canada, is retrospective and can apply to cases before the act was passed. Orenstein argues that when Canada drafted the act, it took direction from similar documents in Europe, the U.K. and the U.S. While the British and European documents clearly indicate that their immunity acts are not retroactive, both the American and Canadian immunity acts do not establish whether they apply to instances prior to the policy's adoptions. Ornstein sees the lack of a specific retrospectivity clause in the act as an intentional choice. Quote, Anyone who is a Canadian who was injured on Canadian soil for personal injury, has jurisdiction in Canada without a doubt. And so, if the Act applies, there's not much else to decide. Clearly, we have jurisdiction in Quebec, Ornstein told the Tribune. Again, quoting, If Canada didn't recopy the retrospectivity clause, they obviously intended it to apply to things that happened in the past, unquote. 
As Tammy and Ornstein await an appeals decision from the judges, they are optimistic that they will win based on the judges on the questions the judges asked during the March 30th hearing. One more time. As Tammy and Ornstein await an appeals decision from the judges, they are optimistic that they will win based on the judge, on the questions the judges asked during the March 30th hearing. Quote, the judges seem to be quite interested in the retrospectivity debate, Ornstein said. It is a serious question that I think will take them some time to work through. They're going to want to take their time to really write a very serious reason judgment, knowing that it might end up in front of nine judges in Ottawa at the Supreme Court, unquote. After the U.S.'s status as a defendant is decided, the remaining defendants, including McGill, will have to present their defenses for the class action to be certified, a process that Ornstein estimates could take years. In a statement to Global News in 2019, the McGill University Health Center, or MUHC, which was born from the merger of the Royal Victoria Hospital with four other hospitals in the city, recognized Cameron's experiments but denied responsibility for them, claiming that Cameron acted independently and was not an official MUHC employee. The plaintiffs amended their application to list McGill as a defendant instead of the MUHC. The Tribune contacted McGill in light of its involvement in the lawsuit, but was referred to the MUHC, unquote, who declined the comment, citing the ongoing nature of the suit. And again, that article, McGill hit with class action lawsuit for alleged mind control and brainwashing experiments from 1943 to 1964 by Ghazal Aziza from the McGill Tribune of April 12th of 2023. And the next story, uh, which uh, develops this more fully, this is from the Truth Out blog. It's by Orasanmi Burton, that's capital O-R-I-S-A-N-M-I, Burton, capital B-U-R-T-O-N, was published on June 22nd of 2023. New docs, new documents, link CIA to medical torture of indigenous children and black prisoners. And this talks about the uh, linking between the programs up in Canada and also uh, similar or overlapping programs at the Danamora and Attica prisons in upstate New York. The documentary record of mind control experiments conducted by the U.S. and other governments during the Cold War is just the tip of the iceberg, and our collective ignorance is by design. In early 1973, as the fallout from the Watergate scandal exposed the need for greater congressional oversight of U.S. intelligence agencies, the head of the Central Intelligence Agency, or CIA, ordered the destruction of all documents related to MKUltra. Launched in the wake of the Nuremberg trials, which exposed the extent of Nazi atrocities carried out in the name of science, MKUltra involved a range of grotesque experiments on unliving test subjects within and beyond U.S. borders. Newly revealed evidence exposes previously hidden links between MKUltra experiments on indigenous children in Canada and imprisoned black people in the U.S. On April 20th, of 2023, a group of indigenous women known as the Mohawk Mothers 
achieved a milestone in their ongoing lawsuit against several entities, including the Gill University, the Canadian government, and the Royal Victoria Hospital in Quebec. The parties reached an agreement whereby archaeologists and cultural monitors would begin the process of searching for unmarked graves, which the Mohawk mothers believe are buried on the grounds of the hospital. That's the reference to, quote, Indian country, unquote. Again, it's a grim reference. Over the preceding two years, approximately 1,300 unmarked graves, most of them containing the remains of indigenous children, have been discovered on the grounds of five of Canada's former residential schools. Throughout the 20th century, the residential school system, like the Indian boarding school system, its U.S. counterpart, separated thousands of indigenous children from their families, stripped them of their language, and subjected them to various forms of abuse amounting to what a truth and reconciliation commission called, quote, cultural genocide, unquote. But as these horrific revelations demonstrate, the harm wasn't only cultural. A 1907 investigation found that nearly one-fourth of all school attendees did not survive to graduation. That's one-fourth of all of the students. In October of 2021, new evidence surfaced linking disappeared indigenous children to MKUltra experiments conducted by CIA-sponsored researchers. A white Winnipeg resident named Lama Ponting, P-O-N-T-I-N-G, testified in Quebec's Superior Court that in 1958, when she was 16 years old, doctors from the Allen Memorial Institute, a former psychiatric hospital affiliated with McGill, and the Royal Victoria Hospital held her against her will, drugged her with LSD and other substances, and drugged her with LSD and other substances. After one more time. A white Winnipeg resident named Lama Ponting testified in Quebec's Superior Court that in 1958, when she was 16 years old, doctors from the Allen Memorial Institute a former psychiatric hospital affiliated with McGill and the Royal Victoria Hospital, held her against her will, drugged her with LSD and other substances, subjected her to electroshock treatments, and exposed her to auditory indoctrination, playing a recording telling Ponting over and over again that she was either, quote, a bad girl, unquote, or, quote, a good girl, unquote. Ponting also testified that, quote, some of the children I saw there were indigenous, unquote, and that she befriended an indigenous girl named Morningstar who endured many of the same abuses with the added indignity of being harassed because of her race. During a reprieve from her drug-induced haze, pumping the call sneaking out at night and happening upon, quote, people standing over by the cement wall, unquote, with shovels and flashlights. She and other children heard rumors that bodies were buried on the property, quote, I believe that some of them would be indigenous people, unquote, Popping told the court. Not only does her testimony corroborate what another Allen Memorial Institute survivor told historian Donovan King a decade earlier, but in 2008, the Squamish Nation, that's capital S-Q-U-A-M-I-S-H Nation, included the psychiatric hospital in a list of potential sites containing unmarked graves. The CIA, along with U.S., and Canadian military and powerful U.S. charitable foundations are directly implicated in this ordeal. 
including the John Mark's 1991 book, The Search for the Manchurian Candidate, and Stephen Kinzer's 2019 book, Poisoner in Chief, in 1977, in response to a Freedom of Information Act request, CIA archivists uncovered a previously hidden box of MKUltra financial records revealing, among other things, that the Memorial Institute was home to MKUltra Subproject 68, unquote. Under the leadership of psychiatrist Ewan Cameron, whom Ponting accused of raping her, experiments in this subproject sought to, quote, be pattern, unquote, people's minds using violent methods, Cameron termed psychic driving, unquote. Although Cameron is among the most infamous MKUltra doctors, he was not alone at McGill. As historian Alfred McCoy has shown in his 2006 book, A Question of Torture, the sensory deprivation research of Donald Head, H-E-B-B, a McGill psychologist, was also covertly sponsored by the CIA. But what the Mohawk mothers and their allies have found is compelling, particularly for me. I've spent several... I've spent... One more time. But what the Mohawk mothers and their allies have found is compelling, particularly for me. This is for the author of the article. I have spent the last several years researching the history of behavior modification, unquote, programs in U.S. prisons. My forthcoming book, Pip of the Spear, Black, Black Radicalism, Prison Repression, and the Long Abbot of Revolt, available in October of 2023, uncovers the roots of the modern prison abolitionist movement and state efforts to destroy it during the 1960s and 1970s. It details a little-known program of prison-based scientific experimentation that intersects with the Mohawk mother's struggle. In 1966, New York Governor Nelson Rockefeller, whose family foundation helped establish the Allen Memorial Institute, launched a partnership whereby a team of McGill consultants were brought to New York to establish programs and conduct research at the Dannemora State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, according to Canadian psychiatrist Bruno Cormier's 1975 book, The Watcher and the Watch. Uh, Cormier's last name, capital C-O-R-M-I-E-R. Continuing. Located in a remote hamlet 25 miles south of New York's northernmost border with Quebec, the institution confined prisoners who were transferred from other state facilities after being deemed, quote, insane, unquote, by prison doctors. The official purpose of the collaboration was to develop new methods for preventing recidivism. However, the program hosted, quote, experimental studies of various aspects of criminal behavior, unquote, the report from 1968. The following year, an appendee of a conference about the program noted that a large number of its participants were black. An affidavit offered by anthropologist Philip Blouin, capital B-L-O-U-I-N, in support of the Mohawk mothers, identified the late psychiatrist Cormier as a person of interest. One more time. An affidavit offered by anthropologist Philippe Blouin, capital B-L-O-U-I-N, in support of the Mohawk mothers, identified the late psychiatrist Cormier as a person of interest. Blouin located correspondence between lead subproject 68 psychologist Cameron and Cormier, who worked as a clinician at the Allen Memorial Institute during the 1950s and 1960s. 
offered between 1957 and 1963, the exchanges prepared a proposal for a pilot center for juvenile delinquency, which would include laboratories, quote, for psychological studies, for work in genetics, for endocrinological investigations, for sociological studies, both within the unit and also for field work, unquote. Coming on the proposal, Cormier suggests that the center's purview would not be limited to rehabilitation. He stresses that, quote, research of this kind should bring light on all behavioral problems, unquote, and that it had the potential to, quote, bridge the research gap between juvenile delinquency and adult criminality, unquote. Not long after this exchange, New York officials selected him to lead the Memorial Institute's partnership with the New York prison system. The man who helped make this happen was a German physician named Ludwig Fink, F-I-N-K, who became assistant director and subsequently director of the Dannemora Hospital after practicing psychiatry in Iran and India during the 1940s. By 1969, Fink and some of the McGill consultants had trained prison guards in hypnosis and aversion therapy techniques, resulting in scenes that an observer called, quote, quite revolting both for those who watched and for those who took part, unquote. The director of a think tank called the Narcotic and Drug Research Institute described Fink's, quote, therapeutic community program in ways that are eerily similar to Cameron's efforts to obliterate human consciousness in order to rebuild it anew. It, quote, takes you back to a kind of kindergarten level and then brings you back up, unquote, he told told Congress. Elsewhere, Fink cites the autobiography of Malcolm X and laments the, quote, growing number of aggressive, assertive black males, unquote, behind prison walls. The Mohawk Mother's Affidavit mentions Ernest G. Poser, capital P-O-S-E-R, a psychologist whose research at McGill investigated, quote, cross-cultural differences in tolerance to physical pain using deceptive means and what seemed like torture instruments, unquote. It indicates that Poser, quote, studied patients' reaction to hypnotic suggestion during methahexatone-induced sleep, unquote, a practice that brings Ponting's experience of being, quote, brainwashed, unquote, to mind. Poser, again, capital P-O-S-E-R, a colleague of McGill's psychologist and sensory deprivation researcher Hebb, H-E-double-B, was also experimenting on incarcerated people in New York State. In 1968, he investigated whether prisoners deemed, quote, sociopaths, unquote, suffer from an adrenaline deficiency that prevents them from learning from, quote, fear-producing experiences, unquote. To find out, he and a graduate student named Deborah G. Sitman, capital S-I-T-T-M-A-N, injected them with adrenaline and subjected them to electric shocks. Wilfred Burby, capital D-E-R-B-Y, a student of Poser and Head, proposed an experiment in which multiple prisoners would be strapped to an electroconvulsive therapy device and told they were in a competitive situation where the, quote, loser, unquote, would receive the shock level set for him by his opponent. Between September 9th and 13th, 1971, nearly 1,300 incarcerated people rebelled in New York's Attica prison. Most of them were black, but a few, such as John 
Bon Corps, Bacajewea, capital B-A-C-A-J-E-W-E-I-A-H, Hill, were Mohawk. New York's partnership with McGill appears to have ended shortly after the uprising and the brutal state-orchestrated massacre that followed it. At roughly the same time, the Bannamore State Hospital was rebranded the Adirondack Correctional Treatment Education Center and became home to a, quote, new, unquote, behavior modification initiative called the Prescription, or RX, Program. Multiple letters published by prisoners' rights organizations accused prison authorities of surreptitiously drugging their food and water and of attempting to turn them into, quote, zombies, unquote. A government panel noted that the program evoked, again quoting, the specter of the resocialization, rethinking, and brainwashing camps of totalitarian societies, unquote. According to Walter Dunbar, who had recently left the California prison system to become New York's Deputy Corrections Commissioner, the RX program focused on prisoners guilty of, quote, overt acts that incite, agitate, and provoke other inmates to militant, radical, and antisocial activities, unquote. Such statements link the program to plantation discourses that pathologize black resistance while implicating prison authorities in the use of behavior modification techniques for political ends, counterinsurgency. Notably, Dunbar's name appears multiple times in the cash of documents released via Freedom of Information Act by the CIA. The, document dis- the documents discuss agency-sponsored narcotics research on incarcerated people in the Vacaville Medical Facility, a California prison that helped inspire the New York prison system's partnership with McGill. The state-sponsored experiments of the Cold War era employed a range of scandalous methods to test whether human thoughts and behavior could be predictably controlled. The outcome of this research and the fate of its victims remained obscure, but the common thread runs across different experimental contexts. Researchers targeted and assaulted vulnerable populations who were incapable of granting consent and who were viewed as disposable. Their allegations were unlikely to be taken seriously, and their avenues for redress were limited because they were institutionalized and from marginalized groups. Indigenous people, black people, poor people, disabled people, children, prisoners, women, and girls. This scientific violence was shaped by living legacies of colonialism and slavery, violence that continues to find expression in the ongoing, quote, war on terror, unquote. That article again. New docs like CIA to medical torture of indigenous children and black prisoners. It's by Orisomni, Burton, capital O-R-I-S-A-N-M-I, Burton, capital B-U-R-P-O-N, from the Truth Out blog of June 22nd of 2023. And the next article is from the Canadian Press. Uh, it's by Siddhartha. Banerjee, capital B-A-N-E-R-J-E-E. This is from March 20th of 2023. U.S. argues for immunity in MKUltra mind control case before Quebec Court of Appeal. And again, Siddhartha Banerjee, and it's from March 30th of 2023. A proposed 
class action lawsuit over infamous brainwashing experiments at a Montreal psychiatric hospital was before Quebec's highest court Thursday as victims attempted to remove immunity granted to the United States government. The U.S. government successfully argued in Quebec Superior Court last August that the country couldn't be sued for the project known as MKUltra, allegedly funded by the Canadian government and the CIA. U.S. lawyers argued that foreign states had absolute immunity from lawsuits in Canada between the 1940s and 1960s when the program took place. But survivors and their families of the experiments at Montreal's Alma Memorial Institute, which included experimental drugs, rounds of electroshocks, and sleep deprivation, appealed that decision. On Thursday, a lawyer representing the U.S. government told the Quebec Court of Appeal that the country, the U.S., should be immune from prosecution and that any lawsuit against the U.S. government should be filed in that country. The court case stems from a class-action lawsuit filed against McGill University, which was affiliated to the psychiatric hospital, Montreal's Royal Victoria Hospital, and the Canadian and U.S. governments after Montrealers allegedly had their memories erased and were reduced to childlike states. Class action lawyer Jeff Orenstein, capital O-R-E-N-S-T-A-I-N, we uh, encountered him in an earlier article, said Thursday he believes Canada's 1982 State Immunity Act, which outlines how foreign states can be sued in the country, is retroactive and can apply in this case. He said the 1982 Act allows foreign states to be sued in cases of bodily injury. Quote, but this took place in the 1950s and 1960s, Ornstein told reporters regarding the psychological experiments. Quote, and so the exception had not been in effect during that period, so the U.S. argued that the old law would prevail and the old law was absolute immunity, unquote. Again, quoting, what we're claiming is that the law is retrospective, that you can look back even before the act was passed and apply it today, unquote, Hollenstein said. He noted that there were also exceptions during the 1950s and 1960s for commercial activity lawsuits, adding that the Montreal experiments involved a funding arrangement between private parties. Quote, even under the old law, you would be able to pursue in Canadian courts, unquote, Hollenstein said. He also said the case could be heard in Quebec, quote, We don't think that Canadian citizens who were injured on Canadian soil are required to go to the U.S. to sue, unquote. The lasting impact of MK Ultra. The class action lawsuit, filed in January of 2019, alleges that the government of Canada funded psychiatric treatments by Dr. Ewan Cameron at the Allen Memorial Institute between 1948 and 1964, that were allegedly part of the CIA's MKUltra program of covert mind control. It has not yet been authorized by a judge. And more about this case, uh, and once again, uh, there appears to be some fairly solid evidence that bodies were indeed buried. However, as we will see uh, as we go through this case, uh the soil in which the bodies were buried, what I call Indian country, has not been properly uh, handled. From APTN News, cadaver dogs 
sniff out potential human remains near Royal Victoria Hospital site. This is by Amelia Fournier, capital F-O-R-N-I-E-R. Cadaver dogs have detected potential human remains on McGill University grounds where a group called the Mohawk Mothers believe unmarked graves exist. On June 9th, 2023, three cadaver dog teams from the Ottawa Valley Search and Rescue Dog Association scoured the grounds under the supervision of archaeologists, dog handlers, and two Mohawk Mothers cultural monitors. All dogs signaled that they detected human remains in front of the Hersey Pavilion, which was the site of the old Royal Victoria Hospital nurses' sleeping quarters. Quote, Given that three separate dog teams indicated the same location independently with the TFR, we are confident that the over of human remains is in this area, unquote, said the report. This was part of the ICO archaeological procedures mandated in a settlement agreement reached in early April between McGill University, Quebec's Infrastructure Society, the McGill University Healthcare Center, MUHC, and the Mohawk Mothers, six women, from Kanawake, that's K-A-H-N-A-W-A-K-A, I may be butchering the pronunciation. The Mohawk mothers allege that unmarked graves of victims of the MK-Ultra mind control experiments from the 1950s and 1960s may be found on the grounds of the Royal Victoria Hospital and the old Allen Memorial Institute, where McGill plans to build the new Vic Project, a renovated facility. Since the site was detected, Archaeological procedures have been halted, and the parties involved in the agreements have returned to the negotiating table to determine how to handle these new developments. McGill has been attempting to go forward with the new Vic project, which would revamp the old Victoria site, which neighbors the AMI was CIA and Canadian-funded psychiatric experiments took place between 1957 to 1964. The Mohawk mothers alleged that there is a strong possibility that the bodies of indigenous children, who they say were victims of botched psychiatric experiments, are buried on the grounds of the Allen Memorial Institute, a former psychiatric hospital which is owned by McGill. After a settlement agreement was reached in April, archaeological work began to determine whether human remains were present on the site. In the next section, Mohawk Mothers alleges insufficient on-site security. As the case management hearing June tw- at, at the case management hearing June 29th, the Mohawk Mothers and the special interlocutor on unmarked graves legal representation, Julian Falconer, F-A-L-C-O-N-E-R, stated that the settlement agreement was not sufficient to address these new developments. Section 17 of the agreement states that if a discovery is made, quote, McGill, SQI, and the Mohawk Mothers will seek the advice of the panel of archaeologists as to how to move forward, unquote. Quote, as required, the work has been stopped, security is patrolling, and fences have been put up, unquote, said Doug McGill, said Doug Mitchell, McGill's legal representative. Mitchell also stated they had filed a permit to begin archaeological works to verify if human remains were present on the site of concern. While McGill 
and SQI said they were following the procedures. That's the security outfit uh, that is involved here. Well, McGill and SQI said they were following the procedures outlined in the agreement by following the advice of the panel of archaeologists. Falconer said, quote, the archaeology panel expressly stated they don't have expertise on security recommendations, unquote, to prevent the site from being disturbed. Additionally, the Mohawk mothers said their cultural monitors had not seen the promised 24-hour surveillance on the site in question at McGill. One, one cultural monitor, and I'm just going to spell the name, capital K-A-R-O-N-H-I-A, apostrophe N-O, accent, colon, R-O-N, and then next name, Dallas Binet of Kanasataki, said that during the archaeological foot survey of the site, the old, one more time, actually the Mohawk mothers said their cultural monitors had not seen the promised 24-hour surveillance of the site in question at McGill. One cultural monitor, Dallas Binet, Kanasataki said that during the archaeological foot survey of the site of the old Royal Victoria Hospital in May, he and the archaeologists noticed recently disturbed grounds behind the Ross Pavilion. Quote, there were artifacts that were disturbed, mainly related to a dump behind the Ross Pavilion, but grounds being disturbed, unquote, said Koronii Rowan. Again, that's a monitor. Quote, there was evidence of non-authorized persons being able to freely walk around the Royal Victoria and Allen Memorial site, he said. Kalaniah Malone said that on June 9th, quote, while the cadaver dogs were working, pedestrians were able to encroach on their space. This didn't affect the work of the dogs, but just in terms of respecting the site archaeologically. More needs to be done to protect the integrity of the land and people's spirits, unquote. The Mohawk mothers contested McGill's claims that there had been sufficient security increased after the findings of the sniffer dogs. The next section, cooperation, not what it could be, unquote, says Archives Firm. There are also concerns of the speed of handling over, of, one more time, there are also concerns over the speed of handing over archival records. In the settlement agreement, the MUHC, the Gill, and the Library and Archives Canada are supposed to expedite access to relevant archival records on those who may have attended the Allen Memorial Institute and been subject to the MKUltra experiments to know history, that's capital K-N-O-W, next word capital H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, an independent history firm. However, the panel has only been contracted for six months to advise on archaeological works on the proposed New Vic site. Quote, if you don't have access to the records in a timely way, then conclusions are painted by that. You're operating essentially in the blind. And so this accelerated timeline has meant the need for accelerated access to records, and that is not happening, said Falconer in a post-hearing interview with APTN News. While MUHC, McGill, and Library and Archives Canada stated that they were in the process of handling over records, Falconer said he had received communication from No History that, quote, cooperation was, quote, not what it could be, unquote. Again, quoting, while the defendants described in the case management meeting was their interpretation of how things are progressing, unquote, said Falconer. 
What I can tell you is we are getting reports directly back from no history, but simply don't support that as we indicated in court, unquote. Judge Gregory Moore gave the Mohawk mothers three options to expand the panel to include expertise in site security, to revisit the mediation process between the defendants and plaintiffs, and possibly modify the settlement agreement, or to begin a litigation process against the defendants. The Mohawk mothers have until July 14th to decide how to proceed. This again, uh, the, the article from APTN News, cadaver dogs sniff out potential human remains near the Royal Old Royal Victoria Hospital site by Amelia Fournier, capital F-O-R-N-I-E-R. And the Mohawk mothers have uh, been disrespected uh, by security people. We're going to talk about that uh, in a bit. But uh, in the meantime, uh, what, we, what uh, I want to note is the following, also from APTN News. This is from July 13th of 2023. And uh, ground-penetrating radar search wraps up at McGill University. Again, from APTN News, July 13th. 2023. Technicians have completed their ground-penetrating radar search at McGill University in Montreal to help determine if there are historical unmarked graves of indigenous children. The work took place in front of the Hersey Pavilion at McGill, where cadaver dogs detected the scent of decomposing bodies, according to a report by the Ottawa Valley Search and Rescue Dog Association. One more time. The work took place in front of the Hersey Pavilion at McGill, where cadaver dogs detected the scent of decomposing bodies, according to a report by the Ottawa Valley Search and Rescue Dog Association. These archaeological procedures were sparked by the Mohawk Mothers, a group of women from, Kana- from uh, Kanawake, Quebec, who alleged there are unmarked graves on the site from child victims of botched psychiatric experiments to a part of the CIA's MKUltra program. Quote, we're doing what we said we're going to do, and we're looking for our children, unquote. So Karinita, that's K-A-H-E-N-T-I-N-T-H-A, probably pushing the pronunciation, a Mohawk mother overseeing the work, quote, and we're using the latest high-tech gadgets that exist, unquote. The analysis of the data won't be available for another month or so, so people the CAX of Geoscan, the company doing the G doing the GPR scans. Takax said the raw data is not very useful on its own. What that might be needs to be analyzed by local experts, archaeologists, you know, anyone who can give you some more information about, about what it could be, he said. You can't just look at the ground-penetrating radar data and say there are unmarked graves. You need to know the local geology, the history of the site, so it's a very complex sort of analysis. And the last article we're going to talk about is from the uh, Toronto Globe and Mail of July 28th of 2023. Mohawk mothers harassed by security at former Royal Victoria Hospital. A group of Mohawk mothers overseeing a search for human remains on the grounds of a former hospital in Montreal say security staff verbally abused and evicted them from the site despite a court order authorizing the work. 
The women are members of the Mohawk Mothers, a group that has been fighting in court since 2015 to hold a McGill University expansion project at the former Royal Victoria Hospital until it, until it can be searched for burials. In October of 2022, a judge granted an injunction on construction until archaeological work could be completed. Earlier this year, the mothers struck a court-authorized agreement settlement. A court, one more time. In October of 2022, a judge granted an injunction on construction until archaeological work could be completed. Earlier this year, the mothers struck a court-authorized settlement with McGill and Société Québécoise des Infrastructures, or SQI, the Quebec government agency that manages infrastructure to carry out an archaeological search at the location. But the Mohawk mothers say any goodwill created by the settlement has been undone by the actions of security personnel contact contracted by SQI. On the afternoon of July 25th, Three security guards approached five of the women on the Royal Victoria grounds and told them to leave. Quote, the one security guard was very hostile, said one of the women, Quetaio, K-W-E-T-I-I-O, who goes by a single name. Quote, she told us we weren't allowed to be there. I said, actually, we are allowed by court order. When someone tried to record the encounter on a phone, security staff seized the device and erased the clip, Quetaio said. That's when another person on the scene started a second video recording. The video viewed by the Globe and Mail shows one of the mothers objecting to their treatment, saying to the security personnel, I think your company needs to reassess its workers, unquote. Quote, I think you guys need a life, unquote, responded a female security guard to the Assembly of Elders, who range in age from 51 to 83. Go get a wife. Go get a husband. Go get some kids. Go have some kids. One of the elders said that indigenous children had been murdered on the site, quote, and now you're benefiting from these murders, unquote. Quote, exactly. We're benefiting from it. That's correct, the guard responded in the video. And uh, we will uh, finish this up in, uh, and overlap this in our next program dealing with this particular subject. And we'll also talk about uh, some uh, similar programs that have been uncovered in Denmark and with some other chilling uh, information about uh, what has been, uh, what people in Denmark have been subjected to as well as what people in Canada have been subjected to. Again, uh, do remember links at the top of each written for the record description, and each food for thought post. One of those links will enable you to subscribe to the podcasts of For the Record being made by Sister Station, WFMU, and the other will, obtain, will enable you to obtain the 32-gigabyte flash drive of all of my life's work, both printed and recorded. That's roughly 45 years on the air, as well as a mini-library of old anti-fascist books on easy-to-download PDF files, that that flash drive is current as of for the record thirteen ten. This concludes for the record program number thirteen hundred and fourteen. Engine Country, the Mohawk Mother's Trail of Tears. This is being recorded on October 9th of the year twenty twenty three. I'm Dave Emery. Have fun. <laughs>